What's up, Whisper Nation? We are back at it. We're the Fantasy Whispers, and today we got an awesome episode for you. We are going to be talking talking about our top 10 running back rankings for the 2021 season. We got a couple of guys that like jumped way up there that you're not going to want to miss out on. So make sure you stick with us today on this episode of the Fantasy Whispers. I think I screwed us up there, Johnny, because I was trying to hop in and help you out with the uh, the little teaser there or the little our little intro. But uh, apologies for that. If you're okay. hearing my voice, I am Big Travi. You can find me on Twitter at Big Travi TFW. I am joined by Johnny Game Time Hicks. You can find on Twitter at Johnny underscore Game Time. And as Johnny said, we're going to be talking the top ten running back rankings for the 21 season or the 2021 season. Uh, and we got these right out of our draft kit, which you get at the fantasy before we get going though, if you're hearing our voice or if you're seeing us on YouTube, go ahead and hit, uh, hit us with a like and maybe share this video to, to those people out there in the universe that may want to get this content as well. It really helps us grow the channel and then continue to give you back some more content each and every single day. If you're new to the fantasy whispers, Hit us with that follow. Hit us with that subscribe. We'd love to have you as part of Whisper Nation. We continue to grow it each and every day, and we'd love to have you join us. You can head on over to thefantasywhispers.com where we got our past episodes, our articles, our all the good stuff is over there. Um, links to our YouTube, which, of course, this weekend we are having, Johnny, our biggest show of the year. The Mock Draft Marathon is live this weekend, 24 hours of live streaming mock drafting uh, with 24 different guest hosts. Uh, 24 different mock drafts, one for every hour, charity giveaways, uh, prizes. It's just going to be a heck of a show, and we are excited. We've got Liz Loza kicking it off for us on Yahoo Fantasy. We've got Adam Rank booked. We've got ex-NFL head coach Hugh Jackson is going to be joining us with Jay, uh, the fantasy football plug. We can't wait to have him on. Uh, Just so many ways to uh you know give back to this community and and really grow the community and whisper nation i know you're like wait how do i get on and mock with adam rank how do i get on and mock with hugh jackson or liz loza it's simple if you subscribe at the patreon five dollar level you'll go ahead and be entered into our discord channel the whisper nation discord channel Um, that's the actual discord channel that's through patreon and that's where we're going to drop the links first and quite a bit of time ahead of ahead of time, right, Johnny? We're going to be dropping those links in there and and getting people a, a sneak peek at how they can get in these sleeper and, and Yahoo mock drafts. Yep, they're going to want to make sure you're at least in that Discord channel group because we expect these these spots to fill up fast. We, we got some, some quick clickers in that uh, Discord chat, so you'll have to be on it that day. And uh, we want to fill out each and every single one of those rooms, show up and show out for Whisper Nation and and put on a great event for you guys. Yeah, the bare minimum you'll want to do is subscribe to us on YouTube, turn those notifications on so you'll know when we're going to be live streaming. It's going to continue to tell you because we're doing it for 24 straight hours. So you'll go to bed. We won't. Uh, and you'll be coming back and seeing us here, uh, our beautiful mugs and not so beautiful at that time because we'll be in the in the early wee hours. But uh, I'm excited for this mock draft marathon, Johnny. It's going to be a real riot, and we're going to talk about, I'm sure, a lot of these guys that we're going to talk about today because they're going to be drafted in that mock draft, the the top 10 rankings. But before we do, man, some devastating news in the industry today about a guy who was on that fringe of the top 10, who was looking at as an RB1 this year for the Los Angeles Rams, and that's Cam Akers. Adam Schefter reporting 
what Tom Pelissero actually reported first was that Rams running back Cam Akers suffered a torn Achilles, ruptured his Achilles while working out, and underwent testing that confirmed the injury per source. He is expected to miss the entire 2021 season, Johnny. Uh, this is just a, a devastating blow for Cam Akers and, and for Rams fans and for fantasy football fans. I, I wasn't ready for it yet, Travis. Like I w- woke up and you, you know, immediately texted me and you're like, dude, you see the cam news. I was not expecting it a week before training camp. Really? Nobody was. I don't I don't think you could ever say I'm expecting uh, a, a, an injury, let alone an Achilles injury. But it is very unfortunate news for sure. You know, a lot of people uh, have, you know, and have already drafted and they took Cam Akers early because a lot of people were expecting him to jump into, you know, that top five, top seven at the running back position. And now they're a little bit scrambling. If you didn't anchor yourself or or handcuff to Henderson, uh, you could be in a lot of trouble right now. Yeah, speaking of Henderson, I wanted to bring up that in five games, Henderson was the starter with Akers' sideline. He averaged just under 15 touches, 77 yards, and scored two touchdowns in that time. His PP, uh, I'm sorry, his points per game and half point PPR was 9.34. That was not the best way to intro that. No, this is uh, a family show. Yeah, <laughs> don't want to be talking about Daryl Henderson's PP here. Sorry about that. <laughs> So his points per game and a half point PPR was 9.34. He gets obviously a huge bump here with the Acres news. I did want to point out he's only had one game with three or more catches in all of 2020. So that needs to be monitored because, I mean, look, the Rams last year with Goff and, and, and how Goff took a step back, they were one of the worst teams at throwing to the back. So I think that has a lot to do with it. I think they'll get back to that McVay wrinkle. Um, but Henderson here, I think he's – He's not a carbon copy Cam Akers. There's a reason why the Rams went and drafted Cam Akers right after drafting Henderson. But Henderson showed us that given the opportunity, he's going to be a fine RB2. And I think you're going to be drafting him right around that 3-4 uh, range uh, ADP-wise this year, Johnny. Yeah, I, I I think that, you know, I, I adjusted some things in the uh, in the rankings and in the draft kit. So uh, Whisper Nation, you will be getting an update here shortly on those. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you, you know, uh, I I moved up Henderson significantly. I gave him the role uh, that Cam Akers would then would have had. There are also reports, Shefty, that uh, he reported that as of right now, the Rams are confident quote unquote confident uh, and their running back backfield. They also grabbed uh, Xavier, Xavier Jones uh, last year. They drafted him and they're confident in him. And then they also grabbed uh, another. Well, his last name is guy. Uh, they grabbed another guy in the seventh <laughs> round this year. And so they'll, that will be their trio of running backs. I expect, you know, Henderson to get that bulk of that, that workload, but then look for, Look for Jones to to get that pass catching work and he'll and he'll be worked in. He'll probably see about 17 to 20 percent rushing chair. So, you know, depending on if they bring on anybody else. But Henderson is now, you know, at that back end RB2 range for me. And yeah, we'll see how far and how high he creeps up. You and I both expect him to be in that third end of third, early fourth area. And so I, I think ultimately he's a, he's a fine RB2. Am I really, really excited? Do I think he has the ceiling that Cam Makers has? I don't, but do I think he'll be a decent running back? I do. One thing I do want to note, Travis, is I actually think this that a lot of people really aren't 
significantly talking about. I think this increases Stafford a lot because I don't know if they necessarily I was already worried that they were not going to be as run heavy as what we saw last year. I mean, Cam Akers got like 25 carries on several games down the stretch with Jared Goff. I just, you know, I don't see that quite happening with a guy like Stafford. I think they'll throw a little bit more. And so I do think uh, I will be bumping Stafford up a little bit in my rankings as a result of this as well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting dynamic. You bring up Stafford there because I just don't know that we've ever seen McVay or Stafford with this kind of person on the other side. So this is going to be an interesting see, dynamic to see. Will they be an efficient offense that relies on a run game ran through Daryl Henderson, or will they kind of air it out and Daryl Henderson could benefit from being the guy that's in the goal line or the guy that could you know, t- catch a pass and take it to the house? He definitely has the juice. He's got some upside there. But as Johnny said, I think more top 15 upside than top 10 upside, uh, just based on what we've got going on and, and where he was at on the depth chart. But some interesting stuff to take note of for sure, and we feel for Cam makers uh hope he comes back better than ever next year all right before we get into the top 10 fantasy football running backs in ppr for 2021 per the fantasy whispers we're going to talk about our fantasy whispers draft kit that's where we got this information so you guys can see what our line of thinking is our logic the target share all that stuff inside the fantasy whispers draft kit which is officially here and it's better than ever this year it's fully loaded with premium premium player projections the rankings aforementioned consistency charts with over three years worth of data cheat sheets strength of schedule charts and so much more tfw draft kit is available for an industry low 15 dollars. so head on over to the fantasy and get your kit today johnny we got to start with Number one. And so this has been a point of, you know, back and forth in the industry for the last couple of weeks. But we have settled based on punching in the numbers and looking what we like uh, out of the season on Dalvin Cook as the number one running back for 2021 in PPR. Right now, he's going off the board. Uh, just to give you guys some perspective, Whisper Nation, we're going to be comparing their ADP with the industry ADP versus where we have them ranked. So right now we have them ranked number one. Uh, that's not too crazy. ADP right now, 102, RB2 off the board. Johnny, just a real summary of Dalvin Cook and how good he was at football last year. Eight 20-plus point games and half-point PPR, four games with two or more touchdowns, was the RB2 in PPR, RB3 in standard, 100 or more all-purpose yards in nine games, uh, and after 15 total games in two seasons before, he now has back-to-back game or back-to-back years with 14 games. He's in an offense, Johnny, that runs the ball very heavily, uh, narrow target tree. They know they want to work this around Dalvin Cook. I just don't see anything where Dalvin Cook isn't uh, a dominant player in fantasy football. I, I, have to, I, I have to interject. Every time you go to this full screen, if you're watching on the YouTube, you just see that I, I cannot make my bet. And wow. – uh, I just hey, you, they get a glimpse. They get, hey, a, glimpse get a glimpse of glimpse the real that, life. Look, I don't. I don't even have time to make the bed, Whisper Nation, because I'm out here grinding, getting the stats for you, getting <laughs> making sure everything's ready. Man, that was embarrassing. But anyways, nothing embarrassing about Dalvin Cook's game here, right? No, not at all. In fact, I actually think he could be better than he was last year. You look at that offensive line; they addressed it in the off season, Travis. That right tackle was a problem, especially in the run blocking uh, area of the game. And so they get a guy that should, in theory, of course, you know, everything's in theory as of right now. But in theory, he should be a lot better. He's He was graded a lot better at run blocking. And I expect them to really try to lean on that even more so this year 
uh, you know, especially with the with the there are a lot of rumors going around that that Mond could end up being the quarterback there at some point in this season, which I don't, I don't necessarily think it's happen this year. I, I don't I don't either. But, it, you know, if if it did, though, uh, you're looking at even more workload for a guy like Dalvin Cook. And we've seen him. They like to use him as a, a workhorse, you know, give him 20 plus touches a game. So sign me up for that. I absolutely love it. Well, and then number two means that we're probably going with the guy that a lot of people have as number one. That's Christian McCaffrey. And we are, in fact, ranking him as number two this year so far. Uh, updates come to our rankings, but this is July. As of July 20th, this is what we got. The ADP for right now for McCaffrey is at 101 at RB1. The 2020 version of CMC actually averaged more points per game uh, in PPR than the 2019 version, 30.1 uh, to CMC last year versus 2019 edition, which was 29.5. The reality that the Panthers are are going to give him a 97% snap share, uh, like basically that's what they were kind of doing before Mike Davis last year. So uh, I don't know, Johnny, like do we have any concerns? Is that why he gets a slight tick behind Cook here? I mean, that's what I really wanted to ask because the industry is kind of heavy on CMC over Cook. Are we concerned that the workload might be monitored a little bit more with CMC after last year? I I do, Travis, and that's why I do have him slightly ranked a little bit lower because of what we saw last year and how he did get a massive workload and then he got injured. They tried bringing him back, giving him relatively the same workload got injured again. I think because of that happening, you're going to see they went and they drafted a talented running back in Chuba Hubbard. And I think that they will use him a lot more. Now I say, quote unquote, a lot more. I, I That doesn't mean he's going to get 50% of the rushing chair or anything like that. But I do think that they will work him in a little bit more. They'll give him a little bit more uh, uh, opportunity to relieve a guy like CMC. And the other big thing, Travis, that I, I think is going a little bit more untalked about, Christian McCaffrey had over 120 targets that year or two years ago. You saw him come in last year. Teddy, Teddy B was his quarterback, and he was still checking down to CMC. At least it looked like it uh, throughout the first couple of games. When you bring in a guy like Sam Darnold, now, do I think Sam Darnold's going to completely abandon dumping it off to Christian McCaffrey? I don't. You know, they'll scheme that in. He'll realize how good he is, and and he'll he'll give him that volume, but it will be a lot less. And we also know that Sam Darnold is a little bit more of a gunslinger. He'll throw it to his wide receivers a little bit more, or his tight end or his slot player a lot more uh, than he does typically target his running back. So I do think that all of that stuff is baked in to this uh, to this projection, and that is why I personally have Dalvin number one because I don't have those same questions. I don't think you know I'm not worried about them. You know, reeling in his his workload. I'm, you know, and I'm I'm a little bit more confident also in that offense. Yeah, I mean, we're splitting hairs here when we were talking about these guys in the top five, and we've noticed that our rankings are kind of similar in that way. I mean, we'll talk about Alvin Kamara and Zeke next, um, but when we start to see a big difference in what we have versus the industry, we're definitely going to point it out to you, Whisper Nation, because we want to get you that advantage or that other perspective to help you filter through your process of making your decision at the top of these drafts or in the first round, where it's so important to kind of nail your pick based on that stable floor paired with a unbelievable 
unbelievable ceiling. Speaking of unbelievable ceiling, we've got Alvin Kamara, who's coming in as our number three running back for the 2021 season in PPR. Uh, his ADP right now, 1.04 is RB4 off the board. Had only one game below double-digit fantasy points all year last year. Failed to score a touchdown in only four games. Seven or more catches in seven games last year. Big difference this year, Johnny. We'll not have Drew Brees. We'll not have Teddy Bridgewater. We'll have to go... Um, we'll have to go and look at, you know, whether or not it's Jameis Winston. We believe it's Jameis Winston as TFW that we've kind of put our flag in that. I think we're in a unison on that. TF, uh, we believe it'll be Jameis Winston, not Taysom Hill. Johnny, how are you feeling? You Obviously, you've ranked Kamara. You think regardless of what happens at running back or at quarterback here, we're set with Kamara inside the top four or five, and you've got him here firmly at number three. He's he's definitely a guy that has built his entire game off of efficiency. I continue to to love that aspect of him, uh, of his. And so when I'm starting to dive into this a little bit, I have to yeah, I have to give it to Travis because he did. Uh, we he showed me the rankings. I was like, wait a second, I have C- I have Alvin Kamara at number two over CMC. And so I re went and worked that. I looked at that market share again. I written, uh, looked at history with Jameis, and Jameis doesn't tend to, you know, he's also like a Sam Darnold in that he likes to chuck it down the field and he likes to get his wide receivers involved. He's never had a running back get over uh, 12% of the, the target market share. Now, do I think that means Alvin Kamara goes all the way down to 12%? I don't. Uh, I have him, I marked him down from, you know, about 20, uh, 21%. I, I brought him down to about 17 or 16%, Travis. So that's what ended up moving that ranking. So I appreciate Travis for uh, for the lookout. And and we do this, you know, like this is what part of projections is, well, yeah, like looking at a, it. And- it's a process. It's a tinkering. We're not, you know, most drafts are not drafting right now. We just did Scott Fishbowl. That's a long draft that they do for the industry. But, like, that's what a lot of people plugged into where ADP is and then kind of understanding what's going on. But as mini camps open up and training camp and all this stuff that's going on, that's when we're going to figure out a situation with what we want to do as far as, uh, ranking these guys, but we are starting off. This is our base ranking for the season uh, to kind of give you a snapshot of what we think. And I think it's important to talk about Kamara there, but also Ezekiel Elliott, who we have firmly in the top five. So we have him at number four. The industry's got him as RB seven off the board coming on off at one Oh eight has never finished outside the top 12 in fantasy football since entering the NFL. Johnny has had 70 or more targets and 50 or more catches in three straight seasons. Bad year last year, I get it. He had career lows in yards per carry with four, uh, rushing yards with under 1,000, touchdowns with only six. But he still finishes the RB11 in standard and the RB9 in PPR. Johnny, I just don't get why people can't get it through their head that Zeke was affected by Dak Prescott leaving the lineup, clearly. I mean, when you go from Zach Prescott, who opens up so much in the passing game, this team was just lighting it up to a guy like Andy Dalton or your boy, Ben DiNucci, there's not a situation where you're getting, it instills, in, it instills confidence. And so Johnny, I just have to ask, like, what is the industry not getting about Zeke and, and firmly putting him in the top five right now? Ben DiNucci. That's it. That's solely it. No, uh, I would say it's, it's a combination, right? Recency bias. We saw what he did at the end of last season, but we have to remember he was dealing with a calf injury and calf injuries are very serious, especially when you're talking from the running back perspective. 
you explode off of your cap. They were also looking at the fact that, hey, they have Zeke for still signed for several more years, paying him a lot of money. They also have a pretty competent running back backup in Tony Pollard. And so they wanted to see what he is doing. He's entering his final year of his contract. So they were giving him a little bit of more, more workload. You saw him produce. And so that also built on the hype of, hey, is this the cliff that Ezekiel Elliott is going to fall off of? However, when you look at his week-to-week, Travis, again, and year-to-year as well, frankly, he is one of the most consistent running backs we have in the game. Not only that, but Travis, have you seen that photo of him? He was It's basically like he went back down to Cabo and he spent all summer there just training because that guy is absolutely shredded and I'm not going to I'm not going to doubt him again. You said they're going to get Zeke or Dak back. I expect them to run, uh, you know, and use Zeke a little bit more, knowing that Dak is kind of coming back from an injury, especially early on in the season as Dak gets warmed up to, you know, feeling comfortable again on that ankle. I could definitely see Zeke being way more involved. Uh, And and like you said. Is Tony Pollard there? Yes, absolutely. If you are a Zeke, uh, if if you are someone who uh, drafts Zeke, we highly encourage you to handcuff him, especially if you use the running back anchor strategy where you, you know, you're taking Zeke in the first and then you're going to get a bunch of other positional uh, positions in the next couple of rounds. Make sure you get a guy like Tony Pollard because when he comes in, he is effective, right? But I, I don't have any worries. I'm not concerned. I actually do think that Zeke is a tremendous value even still right now. Um, and it's kind of funny too, Travis. Like the whole – like his ADP has been climbing significantly. I mean when we first started uh, doing this the show you know, or you know, looking at running backs and, and mock drafts and stuff – man, he was slipping to like the second round at some point, like in drafts. And it was just like, what are we doing? But now we're starting to come around again. We're starting to see, you know, and the pictures you know, help. The, of the, course, the argument but. has been too, that he has not been, he kind of took the rest of the last year off. Like he mentally yeah. wasn't there and Tony Pollard looked better. And I agree. Well, like, who Tony, was that? We all did. Like, <laughs> Tony Pollard. Yeah, exactly. Tony Pollard did look better than Zeke, but Zeke is a guy that we know to have a bit of an ego, a bit of a mental block and he's going to have times where he's going to take plays off if he if he feels he needs to because he's a hundred million dollar running back and he wants to be able to do that and um and when his boy Dak isn't in the lineup and he's basically like we're done for the season we have no shot at winning a Super Bowl why would I put my body extra on the line now I'm not saying I agree with that I'm just trying to get into his head a little bit and why I think that it's being a little overstated what he looked like on film last year when we know this guy is an elite that an elite athlete been durable and like we said has never finished outside the top 12 in fantasy football since entering the season that is something you want to bank on when you talk about floor in the first round and what's not being talked about enough is i'll say it again 70 or more targets and 50 or more catches in three straight seasons johnny this is a guy that could easily catch 50 to 60 balls in fantasy and in ppr especially uh that's top five status as far as what that can mean for your for your guys i think zeke needs to be treated like he's been treated before in the top five the top three um we've got him in the four uh, spot to hedge our bet but just wanted to speak a little bit extra on that because the industry is not quite there yet i mean if zeke we don't have him ranked this way but i mean if zeke finished number one overall at the running back position no one's gonna sit here and be like oh my gosh what a surprise right. like 
Oh yeah, like it's a very real possibility that Zeke is. I believe he was top five went before uh, Dak yes. went down. I believe that was uh, what's yep. going on. So remember, he just didn't score. He scored one single rushing touchdown after Dak left the lineup. A lot of that has to do with Dak. Some of it has to do with him taking off, like we said mentally. But uh, all all things are pointed. Dak returning stronger than ever, and we're going to get Zeke in Cabo shape on opening night, which is just fifty days away. So stoked for that! All right. Number five to round out our top five is Austin Eckler, who's currently coming off the board way lower at ADP 1.10. Obviously, this this ADP is a little bit of a mixed in bag because it's, it considers all formats. We're just talking PPR here, of course. He's the RB8 in the industry, our RB5 in PPR. 19.3 fantasy points per game, Johnny, in 2019. That was number two. Uh, among running backs, 16.5 fantasy per points per game in 2020. That's what was number nine among running backs. He averages 6.5 targets per game since becoming the starting running back for the Chargers. Only had three touchdowns, so we understand that he's only he only had one goal line carry last year. That's been the big knock coming in. But he averages 93.3 total yards per game, uh, and he did that over 2020. Johnny, this is a guy that is being vastly underrated because he was an undrafted prospect. He's a smaller guy. But he needs to continue to be respected uh, with guys like Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara, even to an extent, because this is a guy that lives off of high efficiency, that is a freak of nature when he's out on the field and his yards per route run scream off the page at you. Austin Eckler is set with with this year, especially with Joe Lombardi bringing some New Orleans teams to the offense. He could very much be that Alvin Kamara of this Chargers offense. I mean, I think that's where you got it. You nail it right there on the head and that it's Joe Brady coming over. He has the background of a New Orleans Saints. Joe Lombardi. Yeah. Yeah. What did I say? Vince Lombardi? Joe Brady. No, no. Oh, Joe, uh, yeah. Joe Brady oh, yeah. from Panthers. Oh, got it. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Definitely not the same. Uh, but Lombardi, you look at what Austin Eckler and, you know, if you were going to compare him or call him, you know, quote unquote, the poor man's version of uh, would be Alvin Kamara, even though we both believe that his skill level is there. I do believe he will have more touchdowns. I think that that was one of the biggest things and most underrated thing is like he only had three rushing touchdowns. And that's a big reason why I've continued to say that I believe that Herbert will regress is because Herbert had five rushing touchdowns last year. And uh, when you get into the red zone, I know a lot of people will be concerned. They'll say, well, what if he doesn't get the red zone work? Well, you put your best and most effective players in on the red zone area. And that's what they did with Alvin Kamara so much. Will there be another running back that does get some carry goal line carries? Yeah, I believe so. I believe it'll be uh, uh Justin, Justin, Je- I, I now I'm going to say Justin say, Jackson. Justin Jackson. I almost said Justin yeah. Jefferson because they well, got they a bunch have, of yeah. They got like right Josh, now. Josh Kelly, Justin Jackson yeah. over there. Um, Which, so we'll see. We'll see kind of how that breaks down and, and plays out. I think the more important thing to realize is they know what they have in Austin Eckler, and they've mm-hmm. known for a couple of years now. They signed him as such. Dean Spanos doesn't sit like hand out money. We saw the Melvin Gordon situation, right? Where he held out and then they ended up giving Eckler basically what they were going to give Melvin Gordon. So we know that they love Melvin Gordon and they're going to continue to try and make him be the guy. So I think he gets every opportunity. He does see an increase probably in rushing touchdowns. So that would help you be a little bit more confident. I think he, I don't mind taking him in top, top five in, in PPR. Personally, I'd probably take him more closer to seven, eight, nine uh, in PPR, but I love him as a first round pick and PPR standard half point PPR. I think he's a, he's a lock to be at least upside wise, somebody you want to be investing in in fantasy. 100%. All right, 
Johnny, before we get to the rest of the top 10, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Mock Draft Marathon. We mentioned it at the top of the show. It is our flagship show, and we do it every year. This is our third year rocking and rolling in it. And right now, if you're wondering, like, how do you get involved, subscribe and turn on your notifications. But you can become a patron for $5 and become the Whisper Nation tier uh, uh, patron level, and that would get you in our Discord chat, which we will drop the link so that you could mock alongside Adam Rank and Hugh Jackson and, and the other people that are in this mock draft marathon with us. And you can be part of the action, be on the screen, just getting it, getting it done, you know, mocking it up with these, these uh, pros and with us, and you'll be uh, excited to join that. So make sure you head on over to patreon.com forward slash the fantasy whispers today and join the nation, because that is how you're going to get your best shot to join those mock drafts. Cause those links, Johnny, they go quick. They go real fast. Like I, we have people message us and they're like, oh my goodness, I clicked on it 30 seconds after you posted it and all the spots were filled. So, and that's just our regular mock draft Monday. Imagine when we're in the mock draft marathon there, we're going to have such increased uh, people on there just because of all the, all the guests and the, and the things we're doing for charity and just whisper nation, man, they're strong. They want to mock. So make sure you get on over to patreon.com for your extra boost. They don't mock around. Yeah, we can't mock this league, dude. You can't mock this. All right, so number six, Johnny, this is going to be one we're going to have to spend a little bit of time on and explain to Whisper Nation because right now the industry has Joe Mixon coming off in the second round, 2.06, all right, the RB13 off the board. Joe Mixon is our number six PPR ranked running back based on our draft kit, based on the numbers, and Johnny's done the projections at the team level for every single player relevant to fantasy football. You talk a little bit about Joe Mixon, only played in six games last season, finishes the RB49, but was the RB12 in points per game with 13.1. Since he is top 10 in vacated carries, if we look at 2020 to 2021, and that's because Gio Bernard obviously signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You've got Bengals OC Brian Callahan earlier this offseason saying Joe Mixon's workload makes him an every down player. He said he should be on the field for every down. So you love to hear that, Johnny. You love to see what he was able to do on a points per game basis. We do have this kind of similar situation, though, of saying, is Joe Mixon going to be able to stay healthy? Will he be involved in the passing game enough? Um, with Joe Burrow in town, it seems like this is, uh, you know, fantasy gold waiting to be had, right, with with Joe Mixon. Yeah, the there are definite concerns with this one, right? It's not just a, a straight, you know, yes, hands down, he's going to finish here. There are a lot. He's got the injury concerns. He's got the O-line concerns. He's got, um, you know, there are other parts and, and they know we're going to spread this offense out. But what we do also know is they're going to be in the red zone a lot. They do pass the ball and go up the up and down the field a lot. And like you said, look at the other running backs here. Samaj P. Ryan, you got uh Travion Williams. Like, I'm not, I'm not Chris Evans. Chris like Evans. Chris Chris Evans well, I took is him in the Dynasty. And yeah, he's gonna be the true truth. So don't even talk smack. Well, I, Chris I have Evans seen truther here. Hey, life, I I lifelong I have, Chris Evans fan. I have seen a couple of uh tweets out there that are saying uh Chris Evans is supposed to be this year's James Robinson. I don't think I would say yeah, that. Dude, um, you know who Chris I, Evans is, right? It, it, yes. Captain America. I, okay. I, <laughs> unbelievable. You've not changed, not dude. this not the same no. guy, obviously. No, not Chris definitely Evans not. The, the actor, he doesn't have a, yeah. a shield that will just bounce uh defenders. But if he does, then sure I could see why people well, would say he's got the incredible hey, Hulk on the same team in Joe Mixon. Now can yes. the Hulk stay healthy, Johnny? Can we get Mixon to his potential? 
And that's where the, you know, fantasy football, you do have to take some gambles from time to time. And and Joe Mixon is going to be one of those guys. The nice thing about Joe Mixon, though, is because of those concerns. And yes, we have him ranked as the RB6. But that doesn't mean you take him in the first round and say, this is my RB1. Uh, and, and so I'm going to I'm going to grab him and bank on that. It's nice because you can get a little bit more flexibility if you're in that back half of that second, uh, you know, of the first round and you grab, you know, maybe a Devontae Adams or a Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey. And then you're like, oh, on the wrap round, I could get a guy like Joe Mixon who is projected to be a top six. And then, you know, the gamble could be well worth it for you. I do plan on having Joe Mixon on my rosters this year. I am excited for him. I know the prospect he, he that he has, and we've seen this play out so many times in fantasy football where, you know, guys have had kind of a, a weird kind of and real, real side caveat. We also need to remember with Joe Mixon, like he didn't come into Remember last year, he was disputing with the with the contract stuff. He had the quote unquote migraines going on. So he was missing time in training camp. And, and his when, migraines went away. Then, yeah, then his migraines went away. But still, the missed time in training camp is very significant. We saw a lot of players when, you know, when they don't get a full training camp, they tend to be a little bit more injury prone. And so that's where um, I, I think that Joe Mixon will actually uh, he'll have a full training camp. And and then he'll be able to to come and hit the ground running, really, essentially. And I do like his his prospects. And like I said, people are, are a little bit down because of the recency bias on him. But he's has a really nice draft price, I believe, for his upside in the second round. I, I really like it. All right. So I, I agree for the most part. I think he's worth it. I don't think you'll have to get him in the first round, which is nice. So mm-hmm. I love that you're pointing that out like now. When, when we show you guys these videos, it's like it's an idea of you to say, look, this is where we think their range of outcomes finish. And it's even a conservative one We could because we do think that he could probably even do better than this. Um, but the point is that you don't have to take him at that price right now. So that's the idea is giving you a, a path to figure out what you can do in your draft. All right, moving on to the next running back, uh, Johnny's boy, just a, just a favorite of all the fantasy community and, and NFL fans alike, Nick Chubb. Uh, coming in firmly at number seven, RB9 uh, off the board, 111 ADP um, by the industry. Obviously, we've got him at number seven, so we're obviously a little higher. Even in PPR, we think that Chubb is just a such a pure runner. He's going to overcome most of anything where he's not used in that passing game. And Cleveland is such a team that they're going to run so much, it's going to overcome that. Since 2018, there are only two players in the NFL, Johnny, with 3,500 rushing yards and 25 touchdowns. And Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry is the other one. And these guys, these, yeah, that's great company to be in. Uh, Nick Chubb pass blocking since 2019, 102 snaps, four QB pressures, zero sacks allowed. That's why Nick Chubb stays on the field so much. That's why he's an elite running back because he can protect the passer. Most 100 yard rushing game since 2019. Johnny, Derrick Henry has 16, Nick Chubb has 13, Dalvin Cook has 13. Right now, the industry is ranking both Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook firmly above this man who has the most 100-yard rushing games as those guys as well. So in standard, we believe Chubb should be even higher than he is. We believe in PPR he should be higher than he is. It's just a testament to letting you guys know that Nick Chubb is a firm, you know, if you're sitting there, I think he just ends up being that guy in the middle of the round where it's like, 
you didn't get to really get your guy, but here, Nick Chubb's here. And that's a good place to be in and because he's going to be such a good rusher and, and continuously compile yards for you. I get I get it. it might sound a little scary because of PPR and people are like, well, Nick Chubb doesn't catch a lot of passes last year. He only had 18 targets. So how can you be so confident? Oh, look, we have him projected for 43 targets. And some people might be like, whoa, whoa, that's really, really high, Johnny. Like, why would you go from 18 all the way up to 43 or 45? And I'll tell you this. You look back two years ago when Nick Chubb played a full 16 games. We have to remember Nick Chubb didn't play full 16. He only played 12. And two years ago, he had 50 targets. He caught 36 of them, which was ranked 24th. Now, I do expect them to, you know, he can catch. It's not like he can't catch. They ju he's just so efficient as a runner that they like to use him there. And then they have a really nice backup in Kareem Hunt that is very, very talented at pass catching. So it does tend to lead to Kareem Hunt getting more of that passing work. However, they are going to use Nick Chubb a lot. That is their 1A. Actually, he's just their one guy. Uh, Kareem Hunt is their two, okay? And here's the big thing. He's a very good two. That's the, He's a very that's good two. He's a very good two. But here's the one thing that kind of makes me laugh a little bit. So often we always talk about, hey, if what happened, you know, it's always, oh, well, what happens if Nick Chubb goes down? We want Kareem Hunt. Or if this player, you know, uh, that's an RB1 goes down then, you know, this is what the situation is. Or, uh, you know, if they're the RB2, they're, you're looking at, hey, if this guy goes out, then here's all the workload. I can I can guarantee, Travis, if Kareem Hunt, and which is a, a conversation no one wants to have or wants to point out, but if Kareem Hunt gets injured, look out, because this guy has number one overall running back potential right there because he can catch. People just don't think he can and then they'll they'll throw it to him more he'll stay on the field more so there is your upside that's why i love nick chubb a lot of people have him way down because it's a ppr league but people he's going to score a ton of touchdowns he's super efficient gets oh he hasn't had under five yards per carry in his entire career so it's it's to say and they have the best offensive line and they have the easiest running back schedule so you combine all those things together even in a ppr I'm 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 still going with with Nick Chubb. I think he's a great you you think he, you're settling. I don't believe so. No, I, think, I, I don't think you're settling. I think that's the uh that's everybody's kind of MO overall opinion of it is that oh I gotta get Nick Chubb here because like I think you know I've heard people uh will be in the DMs and they'll ask, Well, aren't you concerned because it costs a little bit extra to get Kareem Hunt? Like, no, I think this offense is one that's gonna mirror something like a New Orleans in the back in the day when we had Ingram and Kamara um, or, you know, a similar situation to them last year, you could play both of these guys and be happy with the results. And if you end up getting uh, Hunt as a, you know, oh, I got to get him because I'm scared if anything happened to Chubb, you're actually going to get a guy that's probably a perfect flex for your lineup, especially in PPR. So I didn't mind it. I went zero RB in the listener league last year and ended up getting Kareem Hunt later on. And Kareem Hunt was one of the stables of my whole season because he was just able to be plugged in and you knew what his role was, especially in the red zone as a pass catcher. Chubb is an excellent runner, maybe the best pure runner in football right now and the volume that's going to come with that. And then, and, and then, we haven't even talked about the mystery box with this offense, not to keep going here on, on Nick Chubb, but if Baker does take a step forward, OBJ does come back and Kevin Stefanski was the offensive answer. 
then imagine having the touchdown guy on a team that ends up being a top five, top 10 offense uh, next year because they actually get all the pieces right. This is a team that we've been waiting to break out for years, and it does feel like that era has shifted finally. I don't want to jinx them, but it does feel that way. All right, moving on to the next running back, who I think we could probably spend a lot more time on as well, and that's Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones right now, is we've got him as RB8 in our rankings, but the industry has him as RB10 coming off the board at 202. A lot of this, Johnny, is the Aaron Rodgers discount. We, you know, Aaron Rodgers' status up in the air all offseason. I have been adamant trying to shake uh, the the accusations of Green Bay bias, but that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is coming back this season um, and he will be playing under center and starting for the Green Bay Packers, which means Aaron Jones should get a little bit more respect. We will obviously probably see him climb up out of that second round and into the first uh, now that Aaron Rodgers is back or, well, when, when we know Aaron Rodgers is back, but just look at what Aaron Jones was able to do last year. 201 carries for 1,104 yards, nine rushing touchdowns in 14 games. He then had 47 of 63 targets for 355 yards and two receiving touchdowns. RB5 in PPR last year, that's back-to-back seasons as a top five RB in PPR. 12 of 14 games, he scored double-digit points in half-point PPR. No game under 10 carries, Johnny. 46% of the team's rushing market share last year. And then they re-signed him for four years, $48 million uh, after everybody, even Aaron Rodgers, thought they weren't going to sign him. Uh, He comes back to Green Bay on a team-friendly deal. And now 119 carries or 29% of the team's rushing market share leaves with Jamal Williams. Johnny, that means that there's even room to grow for Aaron Jones here. There's more meat on the bone for him to go after here. Um, there's a lot to, to like about Aaron Jones here. And I think the discount you're getting is really, really nice. I think, you know, once again, you break down that percentage, Travis, and I think you nail, I think, they brought Aaron Jones back for a reason. I don't think they're going to diminish his role uh, for bringing him back. I think he knows what he's going to get. He's going to get about 50% rushing share, and he's the lead receiver out of this backfield. Uh, and, and you also look at they didn't really bring in any of the other wide receiver weapons that really would scare you or make you think that, hey, they're going to take a big role away from Aaron Jones in the receiving game. So I expect, you know, yes, Williams left, but I expect A.J. Dillon to then get that kind of role there. And I expect them to continue to feed Aaron Jones the way they have been feeding Aaron Jones the last couple of years. And I do think that, yeah, he will start to rise a little bit in ADP, but I still think he's a, a super value uh, because he's on an offense that's going to score a lot. They give the ball, you know, they have the red zone a lot. They like giving him the ball in the red zone. I, It will be interesting, Travis, to see how much um, they, you know, because Aaron Jones is such a bigger, or sorry, uh, because A.J. Dillon is such a bigger back, if they do start to lean towards him a little bit more in the goal line. But the thing is, is Aaron Jones is so efficient that they want this guy on the field and he scores from outside the red zone very often. So he's that's an the elite, other side of He's it. an elite pass catcher for a team that only has Devontae Adams as pass catchers that they can hang their hat on. We know that Aaron Rodgers loves Aaron Jones. He said so much in the NFC Conference postgame uh, uh, interview. We know that Aaron Jones loves Aaron Rodgers. We know he loves Green Bay. We know he's... He's kind of raised in a military family and like a, a yes, sir, no, sir, kind of, 
yes, yes, sir, no, ma'am kind of guy. And that bleeds well with Green Bay's environment. They're going to the, the team friendly deal that he took. They're going to take care of this guy. He's going to continue to be a focal point of this offense. And when people say, oh, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have weapons. I kind of laugh a little bit. I know he doesn't have the weapons that everybody wants him to have, you know, that Brady has. But he's got. You know, Devontae Adams, of course, and then Aaron Jones right now, who has become just an elite talent um, at the position. So we love having Aaron Jones here, uh, and he's going to continue to climb up probably our rankings and the industries as well the more we hear about uh, Aaron Rodgers. Derrick Henry, uh, the industry has him at, as the third running back off the board at 103. We've got him at RB9. Obviously, we talked about that's a PPR ranking, Johnny. We don't have much uh, to dive into with Derrick Henry his volume is going to make him a top 10, top five back in PPR regardless, just because he gets that much volume. Uh, but these other guys just have a lot of ceiling to them uh, where he does, you know, his ceiling's a little capped without that receiving work. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people made a lot of noise about, you know, Derrick Henry seeing that the videos of him working on his pass catching, they got real excited. Listen, I understand uh, every single or Whisper Nation, please understand, I should say, that every running back is going to work on stuff in the offseason. Derrick Henry was never known for his hands, so of course he's going to work. Like He doesn't really have to work on his running game because we already know how much of a beast he is. He's the number one running back as far as that goes. The reason I have him lower in this consensus is a couple of reasons. Uh, they, they, br- they bring in Julio Jones. I don't think they bring in a dominant wide receiver like that if they don't tend to want to throw the ball a little bit more. I think Ryan Tannehill has shown that he's a good enough quarterback that he can lead this pass offense uh, and be a little bit more pass heavy. I also want to to show that like not only are there other added pass options that were better than last year but you also look at ryan Tannehill. this guy what we know in general is rushing quarterbacks they tend to instead of dumping the ball off they tend to run and rush a little bit more which is why we like ryan Tannehill because he has that like low-key upside konami code uh that not a lot of people talk about or respect and but the reality is is he had five rushing touchdowns last year and those are five rushing touchdowns that you're taking away from Derrick Henry I don't unlike uh Herbert I we've seen this before from Tannehill he does this often where he does rush four touchdowns and so that's the concern I have with Derrick Henry and that I can't give him that major boost as far as um uh pass catching goes and so that's why I have him here. But would I be surprised if they got him a little bit more involved and he finished higher than, you know, where I have him as an RB9? I wouldn't. But, you know, again, I just plug in the numbers and I go off of what they tell me. I don't, you know, f- try to do any fallacies or make anything up here. Uh, and so that, that is, I'm, I'm confident in what that is. Oh, Trick Travis, mic is off. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh, oh. There. Do it again. There we go. Uh, I think that's the right way to view Derrick Henry, and I I continue to uh, agree with you on that. All right, we got to round out the top 10 with a guy that's going to probably raise a little bit of eyebrows here because you're either on one side of the fence or the other with Jonathan Taylor. He's become a lot more polarizing. He started off the season, the offseason polarizing. Now with Marlon Mack being re-signed, he's uh, he's become even more polarizing. The industry has Jonathan Taylor at the 107 spot in the first round. RB6. We've got him all the way down at RB10 in our rankings. Um, I've talked about him as maybe a do not draft or a a letdown candidate just because of his ADP being so high. 
um, versus where I think, you know, his his real true range of outcomes with both Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines involved is. But he went nuclear over the last five games, Johnny. That's why he is in the first round. He averaged 21 touches, 144.6 all-purpose yards, and scored eight touchdowns in those final five weeks. After returning from COVID, no other uh, from the COVID list, no other running back scored more points than Jonathan Taylor from weeks 13 to 17. He averaged 26 PPR fantasy points over that span. So that alone right there, that segment of time, it harkens back to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, we were kind of waiting for him to break out. And then finally, he had that late game season stretch against like, I remember that Jacksonville game where he had like 200 yards and he was throwing dudes off of him. And then the next year we were drafting him in the top five. And I think that's what's happened with Jonathan Taylor. The big difference, Johnny, is uh, Tennessee never really had another guy hanging around or let alone two guys that filled specific roles uh, for them. And that's what Marlon Mack and especially Naheem Hines does for the, the Indianapolis Colts. They are guys that Frank Reich feels confident in using. Jim Ursay has been on record talking about Marlon Mack in the past, how he likes him a lot. They brought Marlon Mack back after an Achilles injury. I think he's more of the handcuff to Jonathan Taylor for sure. And I do think Jonathan Taylor has a lot of room to grow in pass catching. He did a great job last year doing that. But it, there's just too many question marks for a guy that a lot of people were taking inside the top five. Then he fell to like six, seven. Now he's, in, in, in my mind, at the back of the first, beginning of the second is right where he should go. I, I agree, Travis. Uh, one thing I do think is is a little funny as well when, when you're talking about people's perspectives on certain players. You know, you and I are both big advocates for David Montgomery, but the what's the number one or number one and number two really reason why everyone's fading David Montgomery and not believing in what his uh, actual value is? Well, they would say, oh, well, the the, the, the schedule. schedule down the stretch was super easy. Well, that's funny because Indianapolis also had a pretty easy one, but no one's knocking uh, Jonathan Taylor for for his strength of schedule, but they're knocking Monty. The other one is that, oh, Monty now has Tariq Cohen coming back, and uh, they, they signed going to necessarily get uh, the uh, full workload. Well, that's funny because, uh, you know, they brought back Marlon Mack, who they had actually as their number one uh, and were fully going towards him. And then they also have Naheem Hines uh, in that backfield as well that will also get touches because they love Naheem Hines. They think he's super efficient. And no one knocks this on Jonathan Taylor. No one knocks these two things on Jonathan Taylor, but everyone holds David Montgomery's feet to the fire in his situation. I do think it's rather funny, uh, and I don't buy into it. I do want to point out, I do think, once again, Jonathan Taylor is such an efficient, he is a very good running back. We haven't seen a running back like this in a while. I do expect him to get the bulk of the carries, but like I said, you will have Naheem Hines in there. He will get frustrating because Naheem Hines will score and take some touchdowns away. They do have Marlon Mack, which they will give, you know, 10 to 15% of the rushing share to. So that is going to be frustrating. I do ultimately think, though, that talent will rise to the top. That offensive line is very good as well. And uh, so I, I do still think that, you know, Jonathan Taylor will remain at the end of the year. When we're looking back, he will probably still be a top, you know, 14 running back. But there is definitely a concern that people really aren't talking about. And like you said, if you're having to take him, see, this is where it comes in from me. Like you're, when you said the argument earlier, like if you had to take 
Jonathan Taylor in that back half. And and to me, it's the same situation as the Nick Chubb feeling for you and that it's like I'm settling. I, I know he's going to be good, but, you know, it'd be I, I, I know I want to grab a solid running back there that has some upside just in case. It's like settling with huge upside for sure right. in both Jonathan Taylor and in Nick Chubb. And I don't think I think, you know, Jonathan Taylor is much more of a settle than Nick Chubb at this point, just based on breaking down. Johnny, it's not just the questions at running back, which we've just dissected. It's also the question at quarterback for Carson Wentz. Like if we think that Carson Wentz is going to be revived, that's cool, but we don't know that for sure and there's a lot of questions there on whether or not we think he's going to be a detriment to a run game or detriment to this team uh, otherwise so that's another question mark and so when you're just dissecting and, and and splitting hairs in this first round those questions matter a little bit more they're more heavy and I think there's a lot more questions surrounding Jonathan Taylor than we like to agree Johnny before we close out the show the, the big question here is you know, Whisper Nation's probably like wait a second you have no Saquon Barkley in your top 10. Are these guys at the Fantasy Whispers crazy? What's going on, Johnny? Spot, talk to the people. What's going on with Saquon Barkley? Hey, I've seen the photos of Saquon. He looks great. Saquon. Yeah, Saquon. Uh, I mean, hell, I wish I looked like that. I, I would, Or even half of that. That would be pretty amazing, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, you know, a lot of people probably will give us flack for not having him in the top 10. But here's the reality. You look at players coming back from uh, from injury. They tend, especially ACL. He, I mean, he had made, he had ACL, MCL, and meniscus. There's already reports that of him. They had asked him, "Are you going to be ready for Week One?" He said, "We'll see." He's they're still not. Uh, he's on pace, or you know, he's on track with his rehab, but it's still not for sure whether he's going to be ready for Week One. So when you start taking away games, you have to start taking away some of his uh, market share there. That affects him where he's going. I also think that in the beginning of the season, when he does come back, they're not just going to throw him out there because he is he is their offense realistically, right? Uh, and he's a a major running back that they want in New, in New York for a while, and so they're not going to uh, immediately throw him out to the wolves and say, "Hey, you know, we gave you you know a ninety percent workload last year. Uh, we're going to do it again." They brought in running backs and Devonta Booker, who we saw was pretty effective in, in Las Vegas. They also brought in a couple of other guys. Now, are we truthers of those running backs? No, but those guys are going to get carries in the beginning of the season, especially is where I think they'll get more of the carries. And I think they'll ease back in Saquon. And then I actually think that if you... I wouldn't target him in my draft, but I think he would be a perfect guy to go after Travis in the first couple of weeks. Cause when people come and see, Oh wait, they're, they are easing him back in. What if this lasts the whole season? And you know, what if he's not this, you know um, the player that we thought we were going to get, then they'll panic a little bit. You can go buy him for cheap. And then once he heats up and in the playoffs, he should be back and pretty much back to normal. I think that's where you dominate. That's where you would get, you know, that steal would come in into play. But I I have my concerns in the beginning of the year. Some people don't, and that's fine. But we have to be we have to be realistic about this. There's literally been one player, and I understand you can comp him to that one player who's done this, and that was AP, who came back the next year and dominated the year after he tore his ACL. And so I is it is there a path for sure? But that path is it's, it's only happened really one time, Travis. So yeah, I'm it's not like going looking to, to the outlier to try and yeah. 
point. I get the concern on Saquon for sure. I think I was voicing it a little bit more at the beginning of the offseason. And I do just want to have the caveat that as new information comes out, if we start learning more about his workload before the season starts, we will definitely move Saquon back up into the rankings. It's just about right now what we're hearing is they have no plans. I mean, even Saquon was quoted like, we'll see. I want to make sure I'm 110 percent before mm-hmm. I show the world who Saquon Barkley is. Um, so basically saying he he might even be a little bit conservative in his rehab process. So right now, as it stands, it's the same reason why when we have our QB show, we may have uh, Aaron Rodgers a little bit lower than the the industry because we are projecting right now with the information we know Aaron Rodgers Saquon Barkley may have slower starts to the season so that's how it's going to for- project their overall ranking don't get it twisted we understand how good Saquon Barkley is and how good he will be points per game and how you can target him as such but in our first round if you're trying to mitigate risk you may want to steer clear let one of your uh, league mates draft him and and then the the last thing I just want to touch on before when when Saquon was one of the top running backs we have to remember like they didn't have a whole lot of receiving options it was basically like OBJ and Saquon. Now, like they've got a lot more pieces. They brought in Kenny G. They they drafted Kadarius Tony, who's like a gadget guy. So expect some of those quick slant or excuse me, uh, the the quick you know screens and stuff to now start going that way. So all of this stuff will feed and and take away from a guy like Saquon naturally and then you add it to you know the injury concerns and them easing him in and i think that that's where the whole piece of the puzzles come together and uh and i think it yeah that's why we don't have them currently in the top 10 but like you said yeah if we start to hear things and we'll be water and we'll adjust accordingly but as of right now you know recording this in july uh we we do what we're you know we put in the numbers and and base this stuff on what we're hearing at the moment and uh and that's what we're hearing so all right, Whisper Nation, just the, some closing thoughts for you. Um, we have done this mock draft marathon every year, and we're just so excited to bring it to you uh, again this year. It just It's a reminder for me and Johnny that we are just out here trying to chase this dream, and, and, and Austin as well, who will be hosting in a big way uh, and hosts every Monday for us. But it's a reminder to the three of us and those that help with the Fantasy Whispers team that we are just so blessed to continue to do this and to continue to provide some value to the people out there watching and getting their fantasy football content. And I just, you know, I, you know, not to speak for you, Johnny, I just, my heart is so full to continue to do this event, 24 straight hours of mock drafting with whisper nation, with people in the industry, with people we look up to, with people we work with on a daily basis, with people that are asking us for advice uh, uh, as far as starting a podcast or even just fantasy advice. Um, It's just a really beautiful sphere to be in. And I'm really proud that we do it every year, brother. Uh, Likewise, man, I'm looking forward to it. And I I really enjoy uh, this time to really engage not only with the fantasy football community, but engage with uh, Whisper Nation and bring those two together because uh, we know how fun it is, of course, to draft with these guys. Uh, and so we want to bring Whisper Nation in on that. So uh, this is our little gift that we can give back to Whisper Nation and say, hey, thank you guys so much for all that you guys do for us to help support us to uh, watching our content and, uh, you know, and commenting and asking us questions and stuff. So we really appreciate you guys. We hope you join us for that mock draft and uh, we hope you jump in that discord and, uh, and honestly, uh, the Patreon, uh, it might have to be the Patreon at that point because uh, we're getting uh, the discord pretty, 
pretty full at this at this point in time. Yeah, it's just too popular. If you're watching on YouTube, all the links to everything we've put out is in the description there. If you're listening, head on over to thefantasywhispers.com. You can get all your links over there and check out patreon.com forward slash thefantasywhispers. For Johnny Game Time Hicks, who you can find on Twitter at Johnny underscore Game Time, I am Big Travi. You can find me on Twitter at Big Travi TFW. And we are the Fantasy Whispers. You can find us on Twitter at TF Whispers. Peace. Peace. Right here. Oh, hey. You made it to the end of the video. If you like what you saw, go ahead and hit subscribe. Make sure you hit that bell so you get notified anytime we drop new content or go live. And if you're still not told yet, check out one of these videos. How to hit them? How to hit them with that uh, different outro? You're like the same shirt. You're like a cartoon character. You got the same shirt on. I want I was hoping to confuse them a little bit because I I did notice that. That's also why I wanted to click that one because I was like, oh, they're gonna get confused. They're gonna be like, that's the same shirt, but Johnny's uh, beard looks a little bit more scruffy and he's got a different jersey on the wall. <laughs> Are you? Do you have any? So you and Austin text me about the Trevor Lawrence picture. What was that all about? Yeah. So I don't. I don't. Ever, okay. He like type. He like messaged out and it was like. They're all, la- I don't know. I, I think they were just spending time together and that was the whole point. They were like trying to build chemistry or something. And so I, I think that that was like the whole notion around it. However, fantasy Twitter and well, fan, just Twitter in general just took a hold of that. And just, they, I mean, memes were coming out. There were, I mean, I saw some pretty funny, like people were like, oh, what was the hilarious joke? Um, and there was like, and then others are saying it's like a you know, staged like, laugh photo. Is that the whole idea? Yeah, I, uh, maybe. I mean, should we do one of those? Like we should I'm maybe <laughs> get like a, 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 a stage, a stage laugh of, you know, all right, all let's of all, okay, take a picture. Let's pretend we're laughing. Yeah. Hey, that, uh, those are like the most, it's like when you, uh, well, you know, like you're taking like wedding photos and stuff and they're like, Oh, like pretend to walk. And you're like, this is really awkward. As you like walk all slowly, unnaturally, but it's like what you have to do in order to get a picture. I don't know what I don't even know who took that photo. That we we should uh, try to get them on the show and say, hey, what's the dealio with this? What was uh we trying to say that there's no no beef or anything going on? Or I have no idea why anybody gets involved with anybody else's social media, but we love to have all those different narratives in fantasy. I think either way. Uh, it's it's good to go. Trevor's gonna ball regardless of how he's looking like an Instagram model or not. Do you think Do you think Marvin Jones is at all of a value? I know that you're normally on a. I'll take Char- I'll take Chark or Chenault before I'm taking Marvin. Jones. Yeah. Oh man, dude, I am. I love. I love Lavisca this year. That's where I'm getting. I I do like Chark. Obviously, he's on my dynasty roster, but man, Lavisca. And I'm kicking myself because I took Eno instead of LaVisca in the third round. Yeah, I know. And now I'm like, oh, do I even like keep Eno on my roster? Because I don't have the space. So Eno, Eno not gonna work here no more. Eno not gonna work here anymore. (laughs) I mean, I had to I mean I I had to make some moves this morning. I went and picked up uh Xavier Jones, man. I had to jump on that that quick news there and get get that late round dart throw. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see.